another episode of She Bangs, She Bangs for God and Country. Because I do! This is episode 11. This is just an audio episode. Now for those super sharp and attentive minds out there that may be following these episodes in order, you might have noticed I skipped episode 10. There is an episode 10 I recorded and shot on video many, many months ago, but I've been hesitant to release it because it's kind of harsh. And harshness doesn't seem to be the adjective I want to go for these days. I'll still release it at some point, but today it doesn't feel right. Because today it's January 2022. And because January 2022 is sad. I entitled this episode Loneliness because that's a word I'm feeling lately. Not necessarily just me, but all around. The world feels lonely right now. Maybe I'm also feeling it because a really brave person messaged me the other day and said this. I feel empty. I have no confidence to do anything anymore and in such a dark place. My happy posts are essentially a facade, trying to feel like I'm normal, at least online. But I'm lonely as fuck. Another friend of mine who's usually happy and positive 80% of the time has been unusually down for the last couple months. Some personal stuff, sure, she's going through, but she's also feeling the gloom all around her. Another friend, and, and by the way, all these people I'm talking about live in different states all over the country. This friend said he looks around and feels like everyone is just zombies. I know for me personally, I look around New York City, and while I don't see zombies, I do sense a strong feeling of... (sighs) just a shrug and acceptance of things just being the same. At the top of 2021, there was this insatiable energy. We just had the election, and there was all this hype about voter fraud, and then January 6th happened... And by the way, if you really want to know about January 6th, turn off CNN, turn off my son's middle school graduation speech where one of the students went off on some anti-Trump Capitol riot speech, a 14-year-old in June who wasn't there. Turn off that nonsense and listen to someone who was actually there. Me! It's episode six. It still applies today. Anyway, there was this feeling of newness and adventure at the top of 2021, and the vaccine was rolling out, and change was a-coming. And then an entire year has passed, and we're still not out of the voter fraud cries, and we're still dealing with this virus, and crime is still through the roof, and suicides are still happening, and what we were promised and what we all collectively hoped for was that things would be better. And they're not. And it seems like all our fight is gone. So if that's you, if you're burnt out and feeling sad and lonely and have lost all umph to do anything about it, this episode is for you. I don't have any advice to share. I don't have any nice mantras to encourage you with or some inspiring story to peddle. I just want you to know you're not alone. You're really not. If you're listening to me right now, you have one friend. I mean that. I'm no Joe Rogan. Yet. (laughs) 
which means I don't have millions of listeners where you get lost in the crowd. Right now, whoever is listening in January 2022, please know you're not alone. You have a friend in me. I mean that. I live in Harlem and things are cold and rainy and windy and snowy and there's a chill in the literal air and figurative air and so I say to you across these airwaves wherever you are you got a friend in me. I feel you brother or sister. I'm lonely too and when two lonely people acknowledge they're lonely to one another loneliness ceases to exist at least for a moment Commiseration is key, and I guess what I'm trying to say right now is that there are so many people that are feeling what you're feeling right now. Things don't feel right. They don't feel good. They feel sad or off or meh or just, I don't know, but things don't feel great. I don't know everyone, but everyone I know feels blah. I have my theories on why that is, but I'm not going to talk about that today. Right now... I want to acknowledge whatever sorrow is out there, the despondency you feel or I feel or lots of other people feel. I know of a family who just lost their little 14-year-old daughter to some freak disease over Christmas. She was fine two months ago, and then things turned south real fast, and instead of ringing in the new year, they buried their daughter. I have another friend whose dear friend just lost their adult son to suicide. And while people die all the time, young people dying and people killing themselves is an added measure of sadness because it's not right. It's not right. It's not natural. It's not good. And that's what the air feels like. I've personally been going through some things recently, and it's kind of taken me out at the knees. I've never cried more in my life. And if you've listened to my story podcast, She Bangs, She Bangs, Marriage, Adultery, Texas, and Jesus... You'll know I've had reasons to cry in the past, but this is different. This is worse. (laughs) And every night for the last several weeks, I've gone to YouTube as I turn out the lights and try to fall asleep listening to a sermon on praying through hard times or believing God will work things out. You know, any kind of sermon that would give me some hope. I've spoken with a couple friends who would encourage me with similar sounding words, and yet all their words and all their advice and the hours and hours of well-meaning sermons left me completely unmoved. None of it helped. None of it. In the Bible, there's this long passage that talks about the armor of God, and that in order to fight off bad stuff, you got to arm yourself spiritually. There's talk of a helmet of salvation, a shield of faith, a belt of truth, that kind of thing. But out of all the armor, the only offensive weapon is the sword. Every other piece is defensive armor, but the sword is the offensive tool. And the Bible calls it the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's a quote. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And at another place in the Bible, it talks about the sword of the spirit being able to separate bone from marrow, meaning it's an intricate, highly effective weapon that can slice and dice in the meanest of ways. This is the word of God. And so after one of these really sorrowful days I've been experiencing lately, after being completely disenchanted by every piece of advice coming my way, I thought about these Bible verses about the sword of the spirit as the word of God. And I thought, maybe I should actually freaking read the word of God versus listening to someone talk about God. And so 
I read this verse. We are pressed, but not crushed. Perplexed, but don't despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. And when I read those words, I then read them out loud. And when I read them out loud, I could barely get past the first word, pressed, because the tears were everywhere and my voice was all choked because I was pressed. And I couldn't get past that first word, pressed. And I realized that's what all the well-meaning pastors and well-meaning friends were trying to get me to do, to move past the words pressed and say, but look, you're not crushed. Yes, you're perplexed, but don't despair. Yes, you may be persecuted, but you're not abandoned. But what I needed was someone to just stop for a bloody second and stay on those first words pressed and perplexed and persecuted and not rush by them, but to stay with me for a while in them, to just acknowledge for a second that that's where I was. Yes, I get that I'm not crushed, but I am hurt. I'm not despondent. I get that, but I am depressed. I'm not alone, but I certainly have shit coming my way. And sometimes it just helps to sit in that acknowledgement for a while and try not to get me to snap out of it or to see some silver lining or make me acknowledge the light at the end of the tunnel because that makes you feel better. Because seeing someone you care about really, really sad is not easy. But sometimes that's what people need. For you to just sit with them and acknowledge things suck and they suck and they suck. And that's it. Don't add anything to it. I cognitively know I will survive this. I'm no dummy. But what I feel right now is something that I can't feel my way out of right now. Right now, I just want to acknowledge and, yes, respect my current state of being. So if this is you right now, if you're down, if you're lonely, if you're depressed, if you're broke, if you're rejected, if you're at the end of your rope, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to hold on. Things will be okay because we're not talking about will be right now. We're talking about right now. And right now, things aren't good. And right now, I'm here with you. And sometimes it helps to know that you're not alone. That other people just like you, you may not be able to look them in the eye right now, but maybe you can press your hand to your heart right now and know that there are people feeling sad right now too. It's not the same thing. Your sadness is unique and horrible in its own right, and your pain is individual. But being in pain is something I can relate to, and so many others right now can relate to. And if you can't relate right now, good. (laughs) But keep this episode in mind when things do go wrong, because they will. And then things will get better. They will. But for now, I'm just going to sit here with you and acknowledge that life in America in January 2022 is not what we hoped for. 2021 was supposed to be so much better. 2020 was supposed to be amazing. And now as we enter year three of this global shitstorm upon us, we not only have society as a whole around us feeling wrong, we may also have personal storms that have thrown us off kilter and out of balance and into a state of being lonely. We are pressed, perplexed, persecuted. We won't always be, but we are for now. And somehow, reading that, saying that out loud, that makes me feel better. That God sees that. That he wrote it down. He didn't just say, hey, you're not crushed. Don't despair. You're not abandoned. He said, hey, I see you. 
You're hurt. You're lonely. You're scared. I see you. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is about Hagar. She was an Egyptian slave of Jewish Abraham who'd been promised a biological son by God. And when decades passed and Abraham's old crotchety wife, Sarah, wasn't popping no babies, Sarah made Hagar sleep with her husband, thinking that's what God meant, that Abraham would get a son through a maidservant. So Abraham and Sarah make Hagar sleep with old man Abe, and yeah, she gets pregnant, and yeah, Hagar kind of turns into a bitch, rubbing it in old barren Sarah's face. But then Sarah gets so mad, she screams at Abraham, and he plays dumb and is like, do whatever you want, wifey, even though Hagar was his wife, too. So Sarah abuses Hagar so much that she flees on foot and runs away. God finds her by a well in the wilderness and speaks to her. He tells her to go back to Abraham and Sarah and that he will bless her womb and will make the son she is pregnant with into a great nation. And he tells her to name him Ishmael. And this is where Islam is born. From Hagar, a pregnant refugee slave girl one of the few people ever to speak to God directly. And it is here Agar calls God Elroy, the God who sees me. God saw a little frightened slave girl who'd been badly treated and wandering pregnant in the desert, and God saw her and turned her story around. But it gets better because Hagar does return, and Sarah does get pregnant on her own, and when her son Isaac is finally born, Hagar's son, Ishmael, is 13 years old now, and Ishmael sees Sarah and the whole clan cooing over Isaac, and Ishmael is kind of like, what the fuck? I'm the firstborn, and so he gets, well, whatever. He's 13, so he's probably a dick about it. And sure enough, Sarah gets all sensitive again and tells Abraham to throw Hagar and Ishmael out. And Abraham is like, uh, that's harsh and kind of not cool, Sarah. So Abraham goes to God and says, I don't want to send my wife Hagar on my first son away. And God says, don't worry, I got him. Listen to Sarah. Let her send them away. So Abraham sends them away, and now Hagar is out in the wilderness. Again, round two. She's not pregnant anymore, but she's still a single mom on her own. And the two eventually run out of food and water, and Hagar collapses and is like, I'm going to die. My son and I are going to die out here. We have nothing. And then the God of Abraham calls down to her. I see you, Hagar. I see you. You will not die. Your son will not die. I heard his voice this time. Don't you remember I told you I'd make him into a great nation? Don't you remember what I told you to name him, Ishmael? The God who hears? I hear you, Hagar. I see you. God saw her and turned her story and her son's story around. But before God did all that, before there was any sort of hope or answer, Hagar had to trudge through a dark night in despair. No hope. And if that's where you are right now, that's where you are. You are pressed. You are perplexed. You are persecuted. You are lonely. And you are seen. <laughs>